Hello again, everyone. I'm Tim Muma. Welcome to Job Search Guide here on localjobnetwork.com radio. Now, if this is your first foray into our podcast, we do focus on bringing experts in to aid in your hunt for a new position or career, whether you're a seasoned pro or fresh out of college. Now, this episode is geared toward the latter as we examine what employers are looking for from these 2014 graduates and really what it all means. Our guest today is John Byrne. He's the editor of Poets and Quants, and he's also a former editor-in-chief at businessweek.com and Fast Company, so he brings with him a wealth of knowledge in the area of business and employment. John, thanks for coming on the show today. My pleasure, Tim. Now, we're looking at uh, sort of the statistics and the survey that came in from the Graduate Management Admission Council. They have an annual corporate recruiter survey, and uh, basically they get in touch with a number of employers. In this case, it was more than 560 employers and talking about what they're looking for as far as skills and traits when it comes to this year's graduates. What stood out to me, and I'm sure to you as well, is that the first four skills that were listed were all communication. No technical in that top part, no teamwork, and none of that stuff. Was that a surprise to you? Did that make sense that communication is so important? What's your overall take? No, definitely a surprise because you know you'd expect basic competence yeah. in the job to be number one. And because the survey is asking about business school graduates, not only MBAs, but you know, one-year master's degree candidates and people like that, sure. you would expect a certain level of technical skill to be way up there. And shockingly, number one, and this is across many industries, incidentally, including financial and accounting industry, oral communication is number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, listening skills. Number three, written communication. Number four, presentation skills, <laughs> uh, which really kind of blows my mind. What it does tell you is, is that the employers are basically pleased with the technical skills of the graduates coming out. And if they have an issue, it may very well be the ability of a person to communicate, convince others of his or her point of view, mm-hmm. work with others, because listening skills is number two. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it could be there's a bit of arrogance that they're, they're seeing in some of the graduates that they, they think they don't listen that well. But it really is amazing that it's oral communication, listening skills, written communications, presentation skills, one, two, three, four, and by a big margin, incidentally. Right. No, you're exactly, yeah, you're exactly right on that. <laughs> and, and this is whether you go into consulting, whether you go into finance and accounting, healthcare, technology, or, or products and services. The only industry that, that's different, and this is kind of interesting too, is manufacturing. Hmm. So the number one attribute they want from a graduate in manufacturing is integrity. Interesting. Uh, and then the number two is drive. And number three is ability to inspire others. Hmm. And then the fourth is a measure of innovation and creativity. Right. Totally different, which is really fascinating to me. I don't know why that would be <laughs> so dramatically different because the other communication skills are just so dominant in every other industry. Right. But there you have it. And when you look at actually, you know, what do they say really about uh, the technical skills that we would associate with business graduates, like, you know, their ability to do quantitative analysis and qualitative analysis and their ability to negotiate or the core business knowledge, that comes after adaptability, integrity, ability to value the opinions of others, drive cross-cultural sensitivity, and the ability to follow a leader. Um, so, so it's really all the soft stuff that we often take for granted is most in demand. And the hard stuff is sort of thought to be more average and 
at the bottom. Right. Now, as you mentioned, uh, you know, what we're looking at a lot is coming from, as you said, the uh, the business school hires and MBAs and other areas of business. Um, so that is our focus. But as you mentioned, it's sort of across the board other than in some of those skilled trades. When talking about these communication skills, and I'm just sort of throwing it out there because we've heard this from various employers and HR personnel and hiring personnel. Is there a concern of the communication in part because of how you can argue younger people now, especially communicate email, uh, you know, social media, a lot of it's technology based and not face to face, not one on one. Do you see that as being the concern that that's why there's questions if they have those skills? I think that's a legitimate issue because, you know, uh, uh, kids are uh, grow up today uh, in their formative years and they communicate by shorthand, mm-hmm. by social media where, you know, you know, there are all these odd acronyms and they may have difficulty communicating in the real world. I think the other thing here with this business, uh, because it is business graduates, is partly the result of um, how they get into a school, right? Because there's so much emphasis placed on the entry exam, the GMAT, the Graduate Management Admission Test, sure, and your undergraduate GPA, which has to be pretty high okay. in general, because there's a lot of competition to get into business programs. The focus is more on you know numbers and quant stuff, and so it might be that. Uh, a lot of these kids are a little more challenged <laughs> uh, on the poet side. In other words, they're really great on the quant side because that's what they're really measured on. But when you get on the poet side, creativity, expression, ability to listen, it gets a little more dicey because the admissions standards put so much emphasis on the numbers mm-hmm. as opposed to the, the whole person. In many of the MBA programs, of course, people are invited to interview and there is that cut. And during the interview, admissions people will look for so-called professional presence and one's ability to be articulate and thoughtful. But that's that's a half-hour test, and it can be rehearsed and scripted, right? And and you can fool someone pretty easy. Do you believe then in these schools that there should be more of an emphasis on worrying about the communication as opposed to the numbers? And, and again, we understand that those skills and and those aspects are important. Does that mean that maybe we're overlooking some of these skills that employers are saying, hey, this is really important right now? Yeah, you know, in the last 10 years, a lot of business schools have put far greater emphasis on communication skills and leadership skills and uh, presentation skills. So there is increasing focus on this kind of stuff, but clearly uh, not enough if you look at the survey and Mm -hmm. what people really want. So the other thing is, you know, the funny thing is in other graduates from the humanities, which I know it's not very cool to go and have an English (laughs) or philosophy or history degree these days, and parents are literally pressuring their kids to go major in business because they think, you know, you're going to get a job when you graduate, at least you'll be trained for something, and my God, you're going to have all this debt, so you really need a job. (laughs) So, you know, there's an explosion in business education at the undergrad level right now. And a lot of that is occurring because of the concern over employability. Mm -hmm. But I would bet (laughs) that the kids who major in history and philosophy and English are going to be more naturally communicative right? (laughs) because it's just a left brain, right brain thing that kind of goes on. So so there really does need to be uh, more emphasis probably placed on these skills uh, in colleges. Interestingly, then, on the other end of the spectrum, the bottom five skills were all managerial traits or skills. 
is that simply because it's it's not expected that you're going to come into uh, you know your new employment and understanding how to handle people like that or being in a position like that? Is it just in essence saying it's not important, so don't even worry about pitching that to us when you're looking for a job? Yeah, I also think that a lot of those issues like managing administrative activities or managing human capital, managing strategy and innovation, managing task environment, all sound a little off-putting anyway, but (laughs) the the truth of the matter is those things are more likely to come, those competencies with experience. Sure. So I think on some level, uh, the employers are less expectant um, on those traits than they are in the others. They don't necessarily anticipate that they're going to hire a young person with little work experience who's going to be able to essentially manage decision-making, mm-hmm. task, strategy, um, the way an older employer with more experience would, would uh, be expected to have. So I think that's part of the consequence. And you're right, that's way down there, uh, the very low expectation for that. But it is it's just so surprising that it comes down to, in a way, professional presence, mm-hmm. a sort of a polish, you know, because I think we also equate people who communicate well, both uh, orally and on paper, with, um, you know, those who are kind of polished and they're, and they're not raw and don't have rough edges. And that's what people really want. Because I think, you know, in this day and age, uh, you know, that first impression that you make regardless of whether or not you are in the traditional sales jobs, which is usually where those those skills are most in demand, they're important everywhere. Are there any other surprises to you on the list as far as the skills go? Maybe you see them as undervalued or overvalued in a way or, or just something else that might stand out uh, just from your experience and maybe people you've talked with? Well, the one, the one thing I'll say too is uh, that the survey covered uh, employers in 44 different countries in pretty much every region of the world, even though it was more U.S.-centric. Mm-hmm. So uh, out of the survey, for example, there were 36 of the companies in Fortune 100 who responded uh, to the survey. And what's kind of interesting to me is that pretty much across the board, uh, it was communication that was number one, mm-hmm. no matter what country you were in. Hmm. And that only exception was the manufacturing where integrity was the most important attribute they looked for in an employee. Other than that, I'd say, no, I mean, you know, there was um, this issue of drive and the ability to inspire others Mm -hmm. uh, came out kind of high. And that's, I would often associate drive and ability to inspire others to people who've been in the workforce a bit longer than in a recent hire. I mean, I I don't know how realistic it is to, well, drive maybe because some kids are quite ambitious, obviously. But uh, the ability to inspire others, that's something that usually comes with a little more seasoning, I would think. Yeah, that, that seems tough to to expect or want that from a, a kid coming out of college, and especially totally. if, he's, if he or she is working with uh, an experienced staff in that case. Yeah, I mean, this, this goes to the whole extracurricular activity uh, thing, right? Because the importance of getting involved when you're in college and becoming a president or of a club or the editor of the paper, or the president of the government association, uh, and basically stretching your leadership skills and learning what it is like to lead others uh, and to accomplish something by leading others is becoming increasingly important, I think. And it's, um, it's just another filter. You know, I think 
what a lot of employers are looking for is a reason not to hire mm-hmm. when they want to hire. Right. Uh, so if you don't, if, if you weren't involved and engaged in the community when you were in college, uh, if you didn't exercise those skills and acquire them, if you didn't do well, you're going to be screened out. Another one that was a little bit higher on the list, um, and it was it was the one right below the four communication skills, was adaptability. Is that something that you see as being more relevant, more important nowadays than, say, 20 years ago in the business? Yeah, because, you know, I think everything was much more predictable back then, and okay. the roles that everyone had were more pre- uh, you know, prescribed. 20, 30 years ago, uh, companies had a lot more bench strength. There were a lot more layers in every organization. And they had, you know, when one person fell down, there was one or two people behind that person to fill the job. You know, in the last quarter century in America, largely because of uh, global competition, Mm -hmm. all those people have been whacked. And there's been all (laughs) this delayering that's occurred. So there's no longer much bench strength in a company. Right. And people don't have the time to train you for the next job you know, and then you get promoted after one or two years into the next job. It's not that kind of progression anymore. Because there's less flexibility in organizations in terms of uh, all that layering and preparing for jobs, people are expected to be able to adapt and do pretty much anything at any time. And I think that that's become a real important trait for people who are going to be successful in this world. And much more is ambiguous mm-hmm. because in many cases, roles are less defined than they used to be uh, and they're broader. So the responsibilities for younger people are far greater today than they were a quarter of a century ago right. because of this primarily. And I think that's why these employers really want kids who, that can adapt to the changing circumstance, uh, to different conditions so that they're not just good at one little thing and can stay in that one little thing for two years before they get the other promotion. And the other promotion is just a little eek up from what they had done before. Those days are long gone because companies can't afford to have that Mm -hmm. kind of uh, management development in their uh, organizations. Well, we've been talking a lot about the skills that that were mentioned um, and some analysis. Obviously, we appreciate your insight into it. What does this all mean for those graduates or, or maybe it is somebody who graduated a, a little while ago and they're still trying to get their foot in the door? Do you just go in focusing hard on those communication skills in your mind and ignore those those bottom portions because apparently it, it doesn't matter, at least when you're starting off? It, what would be your strategy if you were to give advice to to some of those people looking for jobs? I think the first thing is you want to make sure that you're very presentable and you have to understand that you're not merely a person who's filling a job, you are the very representative of the company. I mean, part of this here, I think, is companies want to make sure that everyone they hire is a great reflection on the company itself and what the company stands for. And so hiring someone who can communicate well, who can listen well, and who can present well, because presentations are so important today, reflects on the company itself. I think young people today who are going in organizations have to really understand that it's not just about them <laughs> and it's not just about the job. They are a symbol for what the company stands for. So uh, if they're in a, uh, unable to communicate, uh, if, they, if what they write is uh, poorly written, uh, filled with grammatical mistakes and typos, 
that's a reflection not only on them, but it's a reflection on the company. And I think that's why there's so much emphasis on these communication skills today. Would you say then if you're competing with somebody, so to speak, I mean, you never necessarily know who your competition is for a job, but do you have to worry less about sort of that technical side and the numbers? Because it almost sounds expected that everybody's in the same boat there, but yeah. more of the emphasis on the soft skills, like you mentioned in the beginning. Well, I, I'd say, look, every everything is important. It's just that greater focus is now on those soft skills. Sure. I don't think you can, you know, flub the basic uh, work that you have to do. So you kind of have to be well-rounded as well. I will say this too, because I know there's a lot of uncertainty about uh, the economy still, even though we're in uh, now a fairly long recovery, in fact. The job market for business graduates is among the best it's ever been in history, or at least as long as they've been keeping statistics. Of the companies that responded to the survey about what they really want out of graduates, 86% of them uh, in the U.S. plan to hire an MBA this year. Mm. That's up from 80% uh, last year, which is pretty high. And it's considerably up from uh, the depth of the recession when that number was 50%. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so it's a really good year to be coming out of school with a business degree of one kind or another, whether you're you're a bachelor candidate, whether you're a graduate, there's a lot of hiring going on, a lot of demand for you. And in the way, it's it's also almost like a two-tiered job market where if you have these skills and you're coming out of uh, college right now, you're in good shape. And if you're not coming out of college and you don't have these skills, you're in very bad shape. Hmm. And that's, that's the way the economy is uh, today. Well, unfortunately, we are going to have to close things out here on this edition of Job Search Guy, but I do think that was a, a nice place to wrap it up and sort of an idea of what the outlook is like as we've been talking about what employers really are looking for, whether it be specifically in these graduates coming out of these colleges and universities, or as you mentioned, even someone who might have some more seasoning. We have been speaking today with John Byrne. He is the editor of Poets and Quants. John, we do appreciate your insight and analysis today. So thanks again for coming on. My pleasure, Tim. Thank you. And as always, we want to hear the ideas of you, the listener, as well. So go ahead and send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. <laughs>